Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show with award-winning host, Dr. Pat Basili. I'm Julie Dittmar, your guest host for today's show, and this is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Thank you. Thank you, Thrivers, for being here today. And I am really excited about today's show and our special guest, and I'll tell you all about him in a minute. We are going to discuss the one thing holding you back. And I'm just as curious as you are to find out if it's one thing or if it's Many things. So we will find that out today. And first, uh, first off, I'd like to let you know a little bit about my background as your guest host. I am one of the top-selling imagery guides in the U.S. with my relaxation CDs. I am a spiritual teacher and intuitive healer, along with my partner, Matt Kahn, who has been on the Dr. Pat Show many times. Our company is called True Divine Nature. And we are assisting in the awakening of humanity during this really exciting and important time here on the planet. It's all about living in the power of the present moment. And you can find out more about us and our work at truedivinenature.com. So I am not a doctor like Dr. Pat, but I certainly can tell you a lot about taking a nice deep breath and about the oohs and the ahs and the ohms of life. For sure. And speaking of ah, our wonderful guest today is Raphael Kushner, and I am so delighted to have him as a guest. We've been corresponding off and on for oh, probably a couple years now, and this is my first opportunity to to meet him and to introduce him to you. So it is such such a, a pleasure to have Raphael with us. He is the leading voice in the world of emotional connection and present moment awareness. And through his writings and speaking engagements worldwide, you may have seen his work in personal and professional development in, oh, a little something called O, the Oprah Magazine, or Spirituality and Health Magazine. You may know him from the many catalogs that come in the mail. I know he arrives in my mailbox couple times a year I see his, his beautiful smiling face and see what he's up to. He is a faculty member uh, for a while now, I believe, at Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health. I had a chance to visit uh, Kripalu, I think it was a year and a half ago, and just a magical place to teach and attend retreats. And also the Omega Institute for Holistic Studies. And he does some uh, pretty incredible corporate coaching for individuals and teams as well, and I'm excited to talk to him today because he's just a couple of week, couple of weeks away from launching his brand new book, and I just don't think we could have planned this any better. The book is called "The One Thing Holding You Back: How Emotional Connection Breaks All Barriers." Raphael Kushner, what a pleasure! Welcome. Oh, thank you very much, and it's great to be with you. And you know, you said earlier you're not a doctor like Doctor Pat, but <laughs> I pronounce you a doctor of love. Doctor of Love. Sure. Well, I figured the, the, 
all of us are, we're so qualified to be here and be who we are. We're just, we're making it through life. We're doing the best that we can. We're, we're all qualified in our own right, way. Right, because as soon as we start paying attention and opening our minds and hearts, not only do we get to be a doctor of divinity, but we get to be a doctor of authenticity. I love that. Doctor of integrity. Thank you so much. Sure. <laughs> and, and thank you for making time for us. I know you are an incredibly busy man and have a tremendously busy schedule, and you've been preparing for the launch of this new book, and I think it's January 2nd. Is it still on target for that? Yes, it's going to come out. Harper One is the publisher. That's a division of HarperCollins. Um, I have a couple of advanced copies in my hot little hand. As a matter of fact, if anybody wants to, if they listen today to the show and they get inspired and they want to order it, I believe they can order it from Amazon right now. Oh, they wow. might even get it before the on-sale date, um, but we can get to all of that later. You're right. I've been super, super busy because I've been working on this book for many years, and um, I'm really excited because I... It's been almost a decade that I've been teaching these techniques for um, presence and emotional connection and really zeroing in on the pieces that are the most rarely understood and um, the most rarely practiced as well, but that make the biggest difference. And, you know, I got a chance, this is my uh, fourth book, but I got a chance this time with book number four to gather everything from all of those years of presenting and doing individual sessions with people um, to kind of cram it all into one book to sort of create the master class for connecting to your own emotions, which is really the sacred doorway to connecting to just about anything you'd want to, whether it's, you know, your true divine nature, all mm-hmm. on you and the work that Matt do, or whether it's even just your own earthly success. It's emotional connection that is really the foundation of that. And so um, that's why I wrote this book. That's why I'm so excited about it. And, and also when we're on the air today, we'll let people know where they can learn lots more about the book online, too, because there's even a lot of the book already posted. Wow, amazing. And and I do I do want to let people know about your website because it is a brand new gorgeous website. And I know you have a couple of websites that I've checked out. Is the one we want to direct people to today, the Kushner.com? Yeah, the other ones are all disappearing soon because everything's been gathered under one circus okay. called Kushner.com. And all you have to do is know how to spell that last name, which is C-U-S as in Sam, H-N as in Nancy, I-R. Kushner.com and I was hoping you um, would do that because if you didn't, I was I was yeah. definitely going to help you out with that. <laughs> yeah, so there's so right there on that website, there's a lot of information, including the introduction to the one thing holding you back, yes. as well as the first chapter, and even um, a really lengthy question and answer session uh, section from the book, and also something people are finding really interesting, which is called the Compendium of Emotional Connection Principles and Practices. Kind of like a greatest hits from the book, um, the short, super short version, so you can kind of take it with you, um, but also it might whet your appetite for the whole thing as well. Nice, nice. So com is what we want right. to go to. And also there it. at Kushner.com, you'll find out something we'll be talking about later too, which is where I'm going to be in the Seattle area coming up real shortly as well. Yes, in January. We are very much looking forward to having you in the Seattle area because you're Portland. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Seattle, so we're we're both Pacific Northwesters, mm-hmm. and it's just so beautiful here. And uh, people will be listening to this in the archives for years to come. Uh, we are we are coming to you right now, right before the holidays in what is winter in our part of the world, and we are shivering and 
and I'm sure you're shivering and wondering what the heck is up on planet Earth right now. <laughs> well, we're having a really rare, you know, maybe once a year snowstorm, it but is. actually just a couple hours before our call right now, the snow here in Portland started to melt, so it's a little bit of a slush fest. Yes, we do have slush, and we ha- I think we have more snow coming, and I've got my hot chocolate, I've got my tea, and I, I was chuckling thinking of us doing the interview wearing mittens because it's cold. Oh, I have to tell you something about that, Julie, and your yes. listeners might find this interesting. This comes under the category of, um, you know, beware of what you say mm-hmm. and, and when you say it, um, because I do a lot of um, speaking at Unity and New Thought churches around the country, and mm-hmm. I try to come up with something when I'm at each engagement that is unique to that particular time, you know, something that happened within the days leading up to it. And I don't even remember what I said, but recently I was doing, I was visiting the uh, Unity World Healing Center in Lake Oswego, Oregon, a suburb of Portland, and there was was a a band playing there that does wonderful work. You probably even heard of them. They're called Sky in the Road. Um, It's a spiritual duo. And I, I reintroduced myself to the lead singer, and I, you know, I said, I think I've been a couple times at churches where you guys are playing either with me or you came right before I did or right after. And she said, yeah, you seem kind of familiar. The only thing I can remember about you is I think that you talked a lot about dancing in your underwear. <laughs> and Did you? And I, and I, I guess I did. <laughs> um, I don't consider myself above dancing or dancing in my underwear, a la Tom Cruise. And I was going to say, was it a risky business moment? Yeah, so you were just talking about doing the uh, interview. You know, you were joking about doing it with gloves on and with hot chocolate. The truth is is that um, when you do these telephone interviews, nobody knows whether you're dancing in your underwear, even when you're doing it. And I want to assure your listeners that I'm not dancing in my underwear, but, I'm, but you know, if it gets really exciting, who knows? Who knows what will happen? <laughs> it's one way to... to keep the blood pumping and, and keep right. warm. So I knew we were going to have a heartwarming good time, at least at least that with, with you. I knew we were in for, for that treat. So <laughs> so, uh, so congratulations on the new book. Thank you. Congratulations on the just incredible new website. And to me, I think it's even a new logo with the R and the C for Raphael Kushner. And yeah, but they're a wave. They make a wave it's because a wave. as we'll find out in a couple of minutes, emotional connection is all about surfing. Oh, uh, yes, emotional surfing. We do want to yeah. talk about that. Mm-hmm. And on the right-hand side of your website, people can go there and sign up for your free newsletter so they can stay in touch with you whether you're in your underwear or not. They can receive articles and tips, and you say that uh, you're going to let them know how to dissolve resistance and create real and lasting breakthroughs. That's right, and I want to tell you something that um, is hot off the presses. If somebody hasn't even reloaded their browser since yesterday, they might not even see it on the homepage, but there's a link. I'm going to hit refresh right now. There's a new link on the homepage um, to a movie that I'm spreading around the world for this holiday season. Um, I'm working on it now and I'm trying to get it fixed in Internet Explorer, but I know it works in Firefox. It's called Beyond Consuming, and it's my oh, message yes. and gift to the world, and uh, I'm going to be, you'll start hearing about it in lots of different ways over the next few days. Um, but that right now what exists uh, on the web is the, the um, director's cut nine-and-a-half-minute version but probably by tomorrow there'll be the user-friendly two- or three-minute version that you'll want to send to everybody that you know and love, and that just got posted um, late last night. So it's great to be able to tell your listeners about that. Absolutely. Thank you. And then I uh, want to get back to the wave and to emotional surfing and 
the the one thing holding you back. My first question, of course, has got to be, the book was nine years in the making. So when I when I read nine nine years, almost a decade of your life in the making, my question is why was it was it for you to gather the experience and go on your journey and was it is this book the evolution of you? You have the three three no four previous books. So is this as you've gone through the past nine ten years? This is where you're at now and. I kind well, of chuckle. I'll it's like the you. one thing holding you back. I, la- I thought, well, what was holding you back from writing it in a year or two? Yeah, that's interesting. Well, um, let's start out with this. I, my first book that I wrote, which is called Unconditional Bliss, Finding Happiness in the Face of Hardship, came out in the year 2000. And that's when I began hitting the road, traveling, going anywhere, small groups. You know, which is, I think it's a great title for... For right now, mm-hmm. it's like finding happiness in the face of hardship. I mean, that's right. so appropriate for the year 2008. I mean, you probably didn't even know that it was going to come back like this. Like, people really could use that book right now. Yeah, well, uh, so, so the thing is that when I wrote that first book um, and started um, teaching the process in the book, which is called Living the Questions, which a number of your readers have probably come across one way or the other, I also, in my travels, started working with people individually and also working with small groups. And since I was a writer before, um, you know, I was offering things spiritually, I was also a good note taker. And I took detailed notes of just about every session that I ever did with people. And I wanted to be able to tell very personal stories of healing and transformation. And I also wanted to be able to draw from those sessions what was the simplest, clearest pieces that um, could be applicable to everybody? And so the nine years in the making is really hundreds, if not thousands, of sessions and lots of workshops and refinements trying to keep getting simpler and simpler mm-hmm. so that what I was um, sharing with people was was unmissable and ever more powerful. and. That's why the book is called The One Thing Holding You Back because it um, it became clearer and clearer over time that there really was one thing holding us back. And I thought, okay, well, now that I can speak to that and I can articulate it you know, in a way that everybody can put to use immediately and start seeing the benefits immediately. So, know, with, so with all your speaking engagements and all of your clients, did it arise as a theme when you went, oh, my gosh, here's what's really going on? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly how, how it arrived because, you know, from the very beginning of my teaching, I was talking about recognizing and releasing resistance. Yes. And I was yes. saying that whenever you are in resistance, you can't be present. And so, therefore, you're stepping on the hose and not allowing, you know, all the water of your life to flow through in terms of happiness, peace, success, all the things that you want. So I always knew it was about resistance, but over time I started to realize that there's one thing that we resist more than anything else, and that is emotion. And that when we are saying that we resist something out there, like our spouse or our children or world political events or global warming or whatever it is, really what we're resisting on an experiential level is the way those things make us feel. And Here's the thing, when you resist an emotion because it's too painful to feel, because you don't want to feel it, because you just have an initial reaction against it, Mm -hmm. your life ends up being run 
by your resistance to that emotion. And what that means is that you make choices that are about not having to feel that feeling, which is the opposite of freedom. Right. Freedom is being able to make the choices in your highest good and the highest good of all, no matter what feelings may arise as a result. And so the one thing holding you back is resistance to emotion. But it even got clearer and more direct than that because what I began to see is that each one of us has one or two and sometimes three emotions that are the ones that are most difficult for us to feel. And whatever we're blocked in, whether it's starting a business or having a healthy relationship or finally quitting an addiction, it's almost always about finding that feeling that we have been unconsciously in resistance to or consciously or both learning how to release our resistance and finally connect to that feeling, which is then what creates all the new openness and flow and possibility. So I was able to not only recognize that, but then to develop a way to help people figure out in their own stuckness, wherever it was and whatever it was about, how to get to the bottom of it and find those feelings and free them so that they were going to be fully empowered once and for all. So gaining the awareness first of what is running the show, what's going mm-hmm. on. Right. And, right. you know, there's, there's one thing that I have started talking about a lot, and I've even checked out with all the big scientists because it seemed like, wait a minute, why aren't we talking about this more? Mm-hmm. Um, part of this has to do with a glitch in our brain, or another way of saying it is uh, a glitch in evolution. Because everybody knows who pays attention to evolution that it's messy, that things kind of take one step forward, two steps sideways, and then two steps forward. And it's not that everything has always evolved to its perfection. It's just sort of evolved in the best way that it's been workable so far. I guess you could say, you know, that's why I still have nipples, even though I don't, uh, you know, breastfeed and, mm-hmm. and, and can't even if I wanted to. So in terms of the brain... There's a, um, there's a glitch in the, in the brain that we've inherited from evolution. And the glitch is basically that we respond to, this, to, a, to an external threat like footsteps in a darkened alley. Mm-hmm. That same um, you know, primitive brain fight-or-flight response. Mm-hmm. We respond just like that to an internal threat such as loneliness or jealousy or anger, any emotion that we feel is difficult to experience because of our own makeup, we respond to it like it's a threat. And in that moment when that emotion arises, I'm going to get technical here for a second, your Mm -hmm. limbic system, which is the part of your brain that generates the feeling, is saying, feel this, feel this. And it needs you to get the message of the emotion because emotions are just messengers. It needs you to get message received so then the the message can move on. So your limbic system is is clamoring, begging for you to feel this feeling that's surging through your system. And your primitive brain at the same time is saying, no way, Mm -hmm. system shutdown. We're not going to experience this feeling. So even though all of that is happening beneath the level of your consciousness most of the time, or your conscious mind, I should say, you're at odds with yourself. One part of you is saying, do this, and the other part is saying, don't do this, and so you're stuck. 
Mm-hmm. And that's why what we're talking about as the one thing holding you back, it's universal. It's something that happens in everybody who has a human brain because our brains function in basically the same way. And so once we recognize, wait a minute, there's a glitch in the system, and with our awareness we have the opportunity to rewire, so to speak, that glitch, then we realize, oh, there's a reason why we've been stuck, and now suddenly we have the power to make the change. Mm-hmm. So in your book you help people to identify what's going on, what's been mm-hmm. running the show, blocking them, stopping them, and then hopefully provide some way out of that? Or... Well, I wouldn't say hopefully. I would say guaranteed 100% <laughs> of the time. Um, but I'll tell you what the book does first, because this is really important. Okay. It, before we even get to what's holding you back specifically, you the listener out there, first we have to talk about what does it mean to actually feel a feeling. Because, you know, most people out there in the world don't have a clue. This is the one crucial life skill that uh, almost none of us were ever taught. You know, oh my gosh! I, I ask people at oh. workshops, raise your hand if when you were growing up you got a great education in your family about how to recognize, honor, and experience your emotions. And everybody laughs like it was a joke, right. you know, because that's so different from what they experience. But since emotions are at the core of every human endeavor, and especially when they are denied or disparaged or disapproved of, they run the show even more powerfully behind the scenes. Not knowing how to be with your emotions successfully is a huge blind spot that will hold anybody back, and not just individuals, but also groups and nations and pretty much the whole planet. So the first thing we've got to talk about is what does it really mean to feel a feeling? And what does it mean even for somebody you know, who's been in a 12-step program and has been in therapy, who even knows how to say, oh, yeah, my emotions are important, I need to feel my feelings. What is that really? And so in the book, we talk about something called the two-by-two process. The first two parts are the what, and the second two parts are the how. And they're pretty straightforward. Here's the what. When you notice that you're either feeling tense, which means you're blocking a feeling, or when you already notice that you're having a feeling and you're not blocked to it, you turn your attention to your body, and you place your attention on the sensation that arises first in your awareness. You don't have to look for it. You don't have to wonder if it's the right thing. You don't have to wonder if you're doing this wrong because you can't do it wrong. You just put your attention on what you're feeling physically in your body. And then you keep your attention on that place where you're feeling a strong emotion or strong tension until it begins to dissipate and you open up. And when you open up, You'll be at the heart of the emotional experience. You'll be able to receive that message I described earlier as fully as possible. That's the first two. And then the second two, the how, go like this. The first one is to slow down. And the reason this is so important is because emotional time is really different from to-do list time Mm -hmm. or the time in which our culture is used to moving right now. So you've got to slow down, keep your awareness on what you're feeling, and allow it to really come to you in its own time. I'm so glad that you're saying this because out of all the things that Matt and I see in our practice and all the people that we work with, this 
is so key and mm-hmm. something we see all the time, that people are so busy in the doing and accomplishing that they're not spending much time in the being and the feeling and the knowing what that feeling is. And and often that's where we guide people too is to the slowing down. And it's amazing how foreign something so easy, so simple, so beautiful can be in our lives. And when people have a taste of that and they touch that beauty and simplicity in the slowing down, that can move mountains. It is so powerful. So I'm really glad that you're bringing that up. Yeah, it's absolutely true what you're saying. And it's also true about the second part of the how, which is to get microscopic. And as you're slowing down, you need to start turning your attention to very small movements of sensation. And, you know, I talk about anthills in this regard. You know, how did scientists learn the workings of an anthill? Mm -hmm. They got real close up. They got out a microscope or a magnifying glass, and they just watched for hours and hours. And when you slow down and get microscopic with your attention upon physical and emotional sensations in your body, because all emotions are physical, you start to experience them directly rather than through the filters of your language. So, for instance, I like to, you know, kind of rile people up at a workshop to say, you know, there's no such thing as sadness because sadness is a noun. It's a fixed word that describes a dynamic process of feeling which will never be the same one moment to the next and certainly not from one person to the next. Mm -hmm. So if I am using the two-by-two process to experience my sadness, and I'm slow and I'm microscopic, I might first notice that there's a swirling sensation in my belly. And if I keep my attention on that swirling sensation, it might suddenly race up to my throat where it catches, and I might feel as if I'm going to cry, and then I might feel a tear welling. And then I might have a thought about whatever subject I'm so sad about, or I might have a thought about something I was sad about a long time ago, or I might have a thought about something completely unrelated. But then I continue placing my attention on the sensation. I bring it back, and now suddenly it might return to the belly, or I might start feeling a tingling in my shoulders. And in this way of slowing down and getting microscopic, I'm receiving the emotional message completely, which is what that emotion needs in order to let go of me and move on, move out of my awareness, but also move out of my biochemistry and my physiology. So it's no longer there. It's like, you know, you get a letter in the mail, you read it, you recycle it. It doesn't exist in your house anymore. That's what happens when you get the message of an emotion because you've slowed down enough and got microscopic enough to pay attention to it. And there's another part of this, though, that's really huge, and that is that when you do what I just described, you are creating the optimal internal environment for enjoying the emotions that are enjoyable and also for creating the least suffering with the emotions that are painful and creating the fastest opportunity for them to depart and move on. So with the, here, good here. <laughs> with the good stuff and with the stuff we don't want, either way, when we perform this two-by-two process, we are giving ourselves the best opportunity for happiness no matter what is happening to us. 
And when you wrap that two-by-two process all up together and you want to remember it, you don't don't have to think about, you know, like, what's the first two, what's the second two, et cetera. The best way we can describe all of this is surfing. Because when you're surfing in the ocean, two things are moving in unison very quickly, the water and the surfer. And in emotional connection, those two same things that are moving together are the emotion itself, which is a wave of sensation, and then your attention, which is the surfer. So if you're relaxed on the wave, and if you're in sync with the wave, paying very close attention and responding you know, really with flow one moment to the next where it leads you, you're going to have a great ride and you're going to get all the way to shore, which is peace and fulfillment. And if you tense up or if you expect too much too soon or if in some way, and this is really important, if you try to control the wave or if you try to control your attention because you think you need to be doing it this way or that way, then wipe out. Mm-hmm. Right, But the good news is, is that as soon as you wipe out, you can immediately get back on the wave. In ocean surfing, you've got to swim out and you've got to wait for the next wave to come. But in emotional surfing, there's always a wave in any given moment. You can get right back on and continue surfing. So if, every, if everybody who's listening now and later into the future wants to take one thing away from our talk, it would be surfing. And it would be the recognition that when you are in complete and exquisite emotional connection, your attention is the surfer, and your emotion is the wave. Well, and I, I think I would also add to that that when you're learning a process like this and you're, and you're remembering the metaphor of the wave, just being extra gentle with yourself and allowing maybe the first time is a little choppy with the waves. Maybe it's a little rough, but, uh, or maybe it's smooth. But however it goes, if, you know, if it goes smoothly, great, and if it doesn't, there's the next wave, and you always have the next one to practice with and the next one to practice with, and it can be an ongoing uh, place of, of growth and of joy. I know in, in my life when I've had you know, emotions come up, and sometimes I'm definitely in that place of fighting or, or resistance, like now is not the time, <laughs> not here, not now. But then when I relax into it, and go, ah, I'm feeling this emotion, this is what's going on, I can breathe with it, I can, you know, find out what it needs, I can hold it, I can um, acknowledge it, it tends to soften and, and, and relax when there isn't that fighting and hanging on and trying to paddle like, like crazy. <laughs> right, well, you actually hit on something that is just absolutely fundamental and profound in relation to emotional connection, and that is... It, t- it has to take place in what I call a no-fail zone. There we go, yep. Meaning that you can't do it wrong. Yes. Because if you get on the wave and you have a wonderful ride, awesome. Yeah. But if you get on the wave and you're immediately pulled off it by all the things that I talk about in the book that can pull you off of mm-hmm. it, all that means is that you have a learning opportunity. And that's not just like happy, feel-good talk. What I mean is right. now you can pay attention to what knocked you off the wave and you can be a little more present and a little more capable the next time of staying on that wave. So this is particularly powerful, for instance, when people are using um, emotional connection to heal addictions and compulsions, where Mm. it's very powerful. Because, you know, what happens for most of us is the switch goes off in our brain that says, 
I'm having that whatever drink, cigarette, you know, internet porn, whatever it is. And even if we know we can't experience it for another four hours because we're on a plane or we're at work or whatever, we've already decided it's a done deal. And what we talk about in using emotional connection in this regard is what if we delay the done deal just for like a minute to start out with? We say, okay, maybe, but not so fast. Let's see what it's like inside of us when we allow the urge to come up for the substance or the activity, and we just surf that as a wave. Mm -hmm. And we see either we can't even make it through one minute, and then we get to find out why, and we'll be ready next time. Or we can extend that to two minutes or to three minutes or to four minutes. Because the thing is, is that in regard to addiction and compulsion, there's a deeper need than the activity or the substance, and that need is for emotional connection. So once you can surf that few challenging moments or minutes in which you're really jonesing for your thing, you find that the urge starts to dissipate and it puts you in touch with the emotion that was underneath all along. In other words, when I mentioned earlier that your primitive brain keeps you from feelings that it thinks are dangerous, when it can't do it all on its own, it brings in an ally, which is compulsive or addictive activity. So your primitive brain... Oh, goody. <laughs> yeah. Your primitive brain becomes allied with these compulsions or addictions so that those feelings will be kept at bay. But once you actually surf your way through, as we've been talking about, you find that you connect with the initial emotion... You rewire your being to know that the emotion isn't dangerous. It's not footsteps in a darkened alley. It won't kill you. In fact, it will enliven you and free you. Then there's nothing underneath that needs to be pushed down, and therefore the addiction or the compulsion ceases. Right. Wow. (laughs) Wow. This is such a great conversation, and I so appreciate you sharing this with all of us, I'm sure it is eye-opening and life-changing for so many people. And, I, and this, this brings up a question. Sure. Um, talking about the addiction, addictions, um, have you been watching Celebrity Rehab or any, uh, any of the reality shows, but especially that one? Uh, I haven't seen that one. My wife likes Intervention, but I, have, I haven't seen I've only seen glimpses of it. Oh, my gosh. This is exactly what you were talking about, celebrity rehab, and watching the uh, the struggles and the cycles and the, the I'm wanting, I'm needing, I'm withdrawing. I'm. Um, it is such uh, an incredible psychological study of of humans and what they're going through in an experience like that. And you and you can see through the hard shells and the fronts and the personalities and the pain in some of these people who are coming across as characters who may not be very likable. Mm-hmm. You may not want to reach out to the little prickly pear and go, oh, hi, cute worm fuzzy. <laughs> you may not feel that way towards some of these characters, but underneath you can totally tell that, that what, is, what is really at their core is the desire for emotional connection. You totally can tell that they're still really upset about how they were or were not treated by their mother. Um, 
um, whatever whatever the issue is in that person's life. And you know, here are people who have been in the public eye and you know have had very successful careers and have had a lot of money and various relationships. And to watch them go through what they're going through in their lives, perfect example of everything that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there are a couple things that um, uh, are right smack in the middle of what you're sharing, and those are the things that I'm going to be talking about at East West Books and at Brighton Bush Hot Springs in January and also at um, the Soul Food Cafe in Redmond in January, which we'll talk how, about. How is bit. Brighton Bush? I have always wanted to go there. I know they have the hot springs there. and Brighton Bush Hot Springs is one of the most sacred places on the planet. It's a wonderful, intentional community in the middle of the forest. It got, oh. kind of got grandfathered in by the Forest Service. So the, the best time to be there is during winter wonderland when there's snow all around but you're in you know a hundred and five degree natural healing pool oh, nice. out over the river and then you get to come to the one thing holding you back workshop with me and a group of wonderful um, spiritual supporters we're going to be doing that MLK weekend so if you happen to get that Monday off it's wonderful instead of the usual weekend workshop you um, you know you arrive on Friday evening we start after dinner and then we go all the way until Monday lunch that's MLK weekend. And so for those of out. us listening in the archives, it will be in the year 2009 we're talking about. That's right, 2009, and I, I don't have the date in front of me, but MLK weekend I think is the 14th, 15th, 16th. Um, and if not, I'm one or two oh, days yeah. off on that. But, um, but anyway, yeah, it's a gorgeous place. Um, it's a wonderful place for renewal, and you can go there to do workshops, and you can also go for personal retreats. You can get access to Brighton Bush through my website on the events page, but also go to brightonbush.com. It's spelled B-R-E-I-T-E-N, bush.com. Um, but this is what I'm going to be talking about, and what, in terms of you know, celebrity rehab and what you were just describing and what I was talking about in, in terms of addiction, I just want to say the best news is that you don't have to actually go excavating in the past to find out about whether it was your mother or your father or whether it was what happened when you were three or what happened when you were seven. Because when you start practicing true emotional connection and you start getting better at surfing, the way we're describing, yes. you find out that any experience or emotion that matters will show up in the present. Right. If, if you need to surf it, if you need to heal it, it will show up in the present and it won't hide and you don't have to look and you don't have to worry that something is lurking in the recesses of your past or your unconscious. And it means you don't really have to do a lot of talking either. I know people who have gone to talk therapy for years and years and they're kind of the same as when they started. Right. But then... They learn to connect in this way, and they make giant leaps in healing and wholeness very quickly. So what if, it's, what if it's on repeat, though? That same wave keeps coming in the same way over and over again, and you keep, you keep with it, you stay with it, and it's still, it, is there a point where it unhooks and, and it lets go? And you talked about the, the, with the least amount of suffering. And, of course, people nowadays want the least amount of suffering, and they want it now. They want it fast. All right, so let me give you a simple answer to that question through the telling of a story. Someone I worked with recently. This person had been married for um, over 20 years, and the marriage was in a kind of a lockdown state. They were surviving but not really connecting. It was sort of a passionless marriage, a little bit of a, a kind of an everyday war between the couple, 
and um, we started uh, practicing together in this way. And very quickly, what came into the space was an event that had happened, you know, 25 years ago at the beginning of the relationship, where um, one of the two people had uh, had an affair outside of the relationship. And back then, the um, uh, the other partner had asked about it and could never get a real answer about why. Why did this happen? And you know, they just lived in this stalemate going forward where the one partner, and I'm just, um, I'm, I'm not even saying genders in order to, you know, protect client privacy, but, mm-hmm. but one partner um, couldn't talk about the affair uh, because it would bring up emotions that um, were too much to feel. And the other partner couldn't say, hey, this doesn't work for me. If you don't tell me more about this, you know, I'm going to... Uh, leave, mm-hmm. and so they just kind of plotted on together, and emotional resistance was at the core of their relationship for 25 years. Oh so God. let's talk about what happens then when you start connecting. Well, with the partner who had the affair, it turns out that the reason that it was too hard to talk about was because it brought up shame, mm-hmm. and shame was the thing that this person had the hardest time experiencing. It was the one thing holding this person back, and so we created a space that was judgment-free, that allowed this person in the relationship to once and for all, after 25 years, to feel this raw, unadulterated shame. And for this partner in the relationship, everything started to change. It was like a brand new day. But not just for this person who had the affair, but also for the other person, because the other person in the relationship had been unwilling to feel the fear and the possible loneliness of separation if it was necessary to part all the way back those 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. So this person had lived for decades in distrust, and they'd made a pact between them, this couple. You know, the one partner says, okay, if, if, if I, I won't feel the shame but as a kind of a penance, I'll stick with you who is always seeming to be on the verge of leaving me. And the other partner says, well, okay, I won't stand up once and for all and tell you what I need, so I'm going to stay with you and experience distrust, always thinking that, you know, you're going to do it again. Right. So, you know, these are two wonderful, bright people, um, as bright as anyone listening out there. And it's not that they were um, incompetent or that they were stupid, but they were living in a, a marriage that was completely run by their resistance to these key emotions. And as soon as the shame came through and as soon as the distrust and the hurt came through, unadulterated, like I say, without having to talk about it even, without having to work it out or understand each other, suddenly they could see each other they could hold each other, they could be present to each other in a way that had never been safe to them before. And at that point, they had the opportunity to actually find out what it's like to be married together Mm -hmm. because for 25 years, they really never had that opportunity. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were married in name, but they weren't intimate. Right. And so that's a, that's an example of how it might look in relationship, but it looks the same way if you, you know, we started out by saying, you know, if you want more career success or uh, if you want to lose weight or whatever it is, 
Um, if you can find that feeling that you've been blocking, that your primitive brain has been telling your limbic system no friggin' way, then you'll be able to experience that same kind of new day, that same kind of freshness and flow. And that's, um, you know, the second part of the book. That is really powerful, and I I think that's in a a way that would appeal to a lot of people and make sense to a lot of people, definitely. So Yeah, so here's how you do it. You want to hear? (laughs) There's more? Yeah, sure. This is what you do. Well, first first I'd like to remind people that we are listening to, that you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show, and we are speaking with amazing author Raphael Kushner, and your website, once again, is kushner.com, that's C-U-S-H-N, as in Nancy, I-R, kushner.com. Lots more great information there, and yes, there's more. Yeah, and so how about, let's see, I'll tell you about the, the more, the big ticket item at the heart of the book, but first, let me share um, where I'm going to be in January. Does that sound good? We already talked about Brighton Bush Hot Springs in um, at, over MLK Weekend. That's in the Cascades, about two and a half hours outside of Portland, but up in Seattle... On January 10th, that's a Saturday, so you can mark your calendar, hopefully, I'm going to be at East West Books. Um, from 1.30 to 2.15, I'm going to be giving a free talk, and then we'll do an intensive from 2.30 to 5. That's at East West Books, which everybody can find by going to the website, eastwestbookshop.com. But if they're listening to this show, they've probably already been to East West a dozen times or more. Exactly. For us in Seattle, that's kind of the hotbed for... Right. And then there's a new hotbed, too, because on January 29th, which is a Thursday, I'm going to be appearing with my soul sister, Astara Brisky, who does a salon at the Soul Food Bookstore and Cafe. That's in Redmond. Lovely place, too. Little little cafe, espresso, music, yes. Right, and I'm going to be giving a talk there in the evening. Uh, that starts at 6.30, and that's on the 29th, Thursday the 29th. So I'd love to meet anybody who wants to come to either of those events. And, I didn't um, know about that one. I'm writing that on my calendar right now. Yeah, that one's not even on my website yet. Cause we I was going to say, because you and I have not actually met in person. And I felt from, and it's so funny because Matt and I hear this all the time. People look at our website and they go, I just knew I was going to work with you. I just, I just felt it. I just knew. And from the very first moment and when I looked at your old website, um, prior to the brand new beautiful one, there, there is something that you just exude and that comes through you that is, um, it's hard to put into words, obviously. It's, it's a safety and a comfort and you're, and I could just, I could just tell that you create this place of ease and and the place where where joy can open up. I just I knew that about you and that's why I was so excited to have you on the show today when this opportunity came up uh, on the Dr. Pat show to to speak with you. I was so excited because I thought I want to have an actual conversation with you to see what Raphael's really like because mm. because you can read and you can certainly get a vibe and get a feel and intuitively be drawn to this section or that section of the website, but to have a really real conversation and get to know you and and I'm I'm just I I was right on. <laughs> well thank you. It's a, it's a mutual admiration society. I want to tell you something that just happened right on. um recently in connection to this. Um you know, you were talking about safety and trust and warmth. And, and I don't I even a... use the word safety very often. I mean, it's not really a big thing for me, but for some reason that's 
that what, that's what kind of comes up. It's like I could see how you would create a really safe container for people. Well, I had a client recently who is somebody who is really, really good at being present. And there was one part of her life that she recognized it was harder to be present with than anything else. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she said, what are you going to do for me? I mean, she didn't say it like that, but mm-hmm. that was the gist. And I explained to her, you know, it's not going to be about a special technique. It's not going to be about more information. It's going to be about accompanying you ever more fully and deeply into the places that are the hardest. And in that process, magic always happens. Mm -hmm. So we had about a two-hour phone call where we went really deep and a lot of um, new experiences and possibilities emerged. But then I got uh, an email from her a couple days later because I had sent out an email to my list um, about a project that you're doing called Together as One. Mm. And she had found her way to yours and Matt's website. And she had read a poem that Matt wrote that had a phrase in it. Either either it brought up this phrase for her, the phrase was in the actual poem. Mm-hmm. But she wrote in me an email called Falling Apart into Wholeness. Yeah. That's Matt's Matt's poem about about Hold Me While I Fall Apart. Yeah, yeah, Hold Me While I Fall Apart. And she was really moved by that and felt that, you know, a circle had been completed. And so she started with me, and then, you know, I mentioned you and Matt. She went to that website, and then she came back to me and had new language to describe how she had fallen apart into wholeness through this process. And so um, I'm always excited to share with people that it's not just for those who are more beginners on the path, but for those who've been at this for a long time and sometimes even get really frustrated thinking, you know, I've read every best-selling book that came along, I've practiced the four agreements, I do the power of now, <laughs> and why do I still keep coming up with, you know, this old, same old stuff right. again and again? And you asked that question earlier, too, what if it's the same way that keeps coming back? And my experience is that whenever somebody tells me that and I say, can we roll up our sleeves? Can we dive in together? What we find is that the same wave is coming back with the same degree of intensity because there's resistance that is hidden and that still needs to be unearthed. And it's sometimes very subtle. And what happens is that when you start surfing at that really deep and subtle level, even the practitioners of you know 20 or 30 years haven't found the way to it isn't that the wave never comes back it's just that instead of feeling like a tsunami that you have to hold on for dear life about it feels something like something that is surfable that you know it's coming you know how to get on the wave you know how to pay attention all the way through your expansion and it goes from being your nemesis almost to being like an old friend and even if it's not an old friend because maybe it's hard to serve at least then it's kind of like you know your curmudgeonly uncle you know he, he he's come to so many thanksgivings and he's always been so prickly that even though you wish he wasn't there on the other hand you'd miss him if he wasn't around right right so, so that kind of shift can happen with somebody you know who really has been at it for quite some time and the difference is the quality of attention and the quality of acceptance. Because surfing, as we're talking about it, that sounds like a sport, but if we're going to add uh, you know, an extra layer of truth to it, that it's how gently we can hold ourselves and how 
spaciously we can relate to the wave that really makes the difference as to whether it's a bumpy ride, you know, or one that is mostly smooth. Well, I I like the gently part. I think that's really nice because I know so many of us have been battered by waves and waves and waves and yeah. really rough, uh, you know, boiling kind of surf. And and gentle can yeah. be good. It can. You know, be, it can. I'm be thinking nice. also too, just in terms of being complete on our talk today. I've got to get to those steps that I was telling you about because I, I know we that, only know, have a couple of minutes left. That you can find, um, you know, you can find that emotion that's been blocking you or your resistance to it that's been blocking you pretty quickly. And what you do is you. Um, you find out where you usually get shut down, you know, is it, at what step is it, you know, the fourth date, or is it when you do all the research for the new career, but you can't start making the phone calls, you find out wherever you have your, uh, right. and then from that point, you ask yourself this question, what's the worst thing that could happen if I went forward from this stuck place, and if that happened, how would I feel? And in that process, you identify that emotion that you've been in such serious resistance to. And then you actually invite that emotion in. You create that worst-case scenario in your mind's eye, and you amp it up to try to give it the most intensity that you can, uh, and then you surf it. And in that surfing, you start teaching your system right there in that moment that it does not have to shut down, that it's not a threat to you. And so, you know, you no longer have to come to that stopping place and you're able to start making a change. You're able to start um, with new habits. You're able to start drawing new people and new situations into your life. And so it's, it's that process which is at the heart of the book. And there's so many stories in the book about people who've done that, whether it's starting a business or whether it's um, trying to figure out why they're never getting promoted or trying to figure out, you know, what is the real purpose in life, um, switching careers, finally being able to stand up and say no to someone, you know, whatever it is, um, it's finding out what's the worst-case scenario and how would that make me feel, and then going counterintuitively directly into the wave of that feeling, even asking for it to come and evoking an intense version of there it. There we go. There that, we go. That's what um, changes your entire uh, system, and that's what sort of rewires the glitch of evolution and starts to um, uh, move you from a state of resistance into one of you know, absolute flow and magnetism. So that's the Absolutely, that is that is really really powerful. Really, yeah, and and your book is just filled with so 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 much. And I wish we had another hour that we could go into everything mm-hmm. um, to talk. Continue talking about the emotional surfing. I had read something about flinch flinching. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. and I really want to know about that. So. But we are out of time, so I'm going to have to go buy the book so I can read about the flinch, because <laughs> I want to know about that. So you said early copies are available at Amazon.com. I think so. I think you could order one today. Okay. Well, we can order one today, Amazon.com, and the book is The One Thing Holding You Back, and the author is who we've been speaking with for uh, a whole hour here with just great pleasure and delight, oh, Raphael Kushner. Yeah, and for all things Kushner-related, just go to kushner.com. 
Yes, and you are available for private sessions in between your speaking engagements and in between book promotions and all of that. I'm sure you're you're available to work one-on-one with people. Yeah, and what I would say is if anybody has a question that's come up from listening to this show, whether they want to have a session or not, feel free to email me. I'm the only one who sees my emails. I answer them all within a couple days, uh, and I would love to hear from anybody. You can email me off the website, but for easy reference, it's RC, my initials, at Kushner.com. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us. My I really, pleasure. really, really appreciate you being here on the Dr. Pat Show. And as we bring today's show to a close, Thank you for tuning in and being with us. We appreciate that. Be sure to check out all the latest shows and guests on thedrpatshow.com. I'm Julie Dittmar. It has been my pleasure. We are wishing you an unleashed happy life. Thanks so much for sharing this time with us on the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Oh